you know, when you're in those relationships where it's just up and down and you have the highest highs and then you're crying yourself to sleep or when you hate the person, but for some reason you keep wanting them to text you and go to their parties, etc. Literally, you feel like you are Carrie and Big from Sex in the City. You need to listen up to this podcast episode. So firstly, this episode isn't so that you can go around diagnosing a bunch of people in your life that show some narcissistic qualities because narcissistic personality disorder is different to someone showing narcissistic qualities sometimes. And only about one to 3% of the population actually has this true personality disorder. And I really do think that there are too many of us that just slap labels on people as a coping mechanism mechanism for ourselves. And what it's causing is it's causing so many people to be afraid of dating, afraid of relationships, afraid of trying something with someone because what if they're a narcissist? So firstly, if you haven't seen the update on my Instagram, before we jump in, I want to share this with you guys. So as you know, I was launching Embodiment Dating VIP and we have pivoted and changed it to be better than I had come up with last year when I relaunched the embodiment of dating VIP. So we now have the embodiment of dating number two, the second part of the journey. So, um, for this, uh, new program, basically, if you are in a relationship or if you have done embodiment dating, um, just the masterclass, it is the perfect fit for you. All the details are going to be below so that you can check it out. This is the first round and it will be the only round at this price and with this level of intimacy. So I highly recommend that you join this round if you can. The doors are closing on Jan 31 and you will get all of the pre-recorded content on Feb 1st. And then we have three live calls together between February and April. Plus you have a Telegram group where you'll be able to answer questions and I'll jump in there once a week or so to answer extra questions as well. And then the next round, I don't know when I'll be next be launching it. It won't be until October, if I do it again this year. Um, and that will not be as live. So all the details are below, but there are so many of you that are going to benefit from this because the reality is, is like, we're not taught how to be in relationships when we're at school. And so, so many of us are trying to navigate the murky waters of hard conversations, of intimacy, of handling stressful times in life, etc. And we're trying to be in our feminine and it can be really, really difficult. So, oh, and we're dealing with like anxious attachment styles, avoided attachment styles, anxious avoided attachment styles, the whole kit and caboodle. So the embodiment of dating number two is for you. If you are in a relationship or if you have done embodiment of dating, the masterclass, and you are ready for something more and for kind of the next step in the program, basically. Okay. So firstly, let's just commit to not giving people a label because it makes us feel better about ourselves. I also want you guys to understand that when someone really is a through and through narcissist, they do need to be exhibiting all of the qualities that I'll go through with you today, not just one every now and again. You guys know I'm a big fan of this, and I say this all the time. We're human. Sometimes we have human moments. Sometimes we're shit. Sometimes we do bad things or we behave in an unideal way. That doesn't make you a narcissist. It doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you human. So please just remember that because we can all sometimes lash out. We can all sometimes not be our best self. The difference between you and between say, say someone that actually is a narcissist is that you'd be able to apologize and take ownership of you lashing out. 
they would not be able to, and they would be exhibiting other qualities as well that show narcissism. So you are not born, or narcissists, I should say, not you, narcissists are not born as narcissists. They develop these character traits as a result of their childhood. So often true narcissists, they have a very traumatic childhood, and there's a lot of abandonment, whether it's physical abandonment or whether it's emotional abandonment. And of course, not everyone that had a rough childhood grows up to be a narcissist. In fact, they can grow up to be kind of the opposite, where they're so empathetic or they're really intense people pleasers because that's their coping mechanism. But the main signs that I want to talk to you guys about today are the real red flags in my opinion. So if you Google narcissism, there are traits after traits after traits. But the problem with that with that is that often it can lack context. So the ones that I want to point out to you guys today, in my opinion, have a bigger weight to the whole red flag thing. And someone that gets reactive could, for example, be a narcissist. Or they could have a dysregulated nervous system and not be a narcissist at all. So don't look just at the character traits as a single focus, but rather in conjunction with other traits too. Okay, so trait number one, gaslighting. So when you express something, a narcissist would make you feel wrong about it in essence. They'd make you feel bad for expressing yourself or like you're crazy or like there's something wrong with you or you're dramatic or X, Y, and Z. They twist your words and they'll put it back on you. So you will often end up feeling like you have done something wrong rather than them taking responsibility. So let's say, for example, let me get a sip of my tea. Okay. So let's say, for example, that you express to them like, hey, babe, the way that you spoke to me in front of our friends tonight made me feel kind of embarrassed. Could you please not do it again? The gaslighting would be like, what? I didn't do anything. I didn't say that. You're twisting, like, they'd be like, you're twisting my words. You're making something up that isn't there. Don't be so sensitive. That would be an example of gaslighting. Okay. The next trait is manipulation. So they, for example, could be pulling on your heartstrings to get you to do something for them. But then once you've done that thing, they go MIA for a while. That could be an example of manipulation. I've been in that situation plenty of times. Another example, they could be taking advantage of others for what they want. So they could take it, take advantage of you, for example, for your social status or for your friends or for your connections or for your money or for your house, etc., to put themselves higher in the quote unquote ranking in society. <clears throat> and it would of course be that in conjunction with other two, by the way, sorry guys, if I cough a little bit, um, during the podcast today, I accidentally ate gluten last night. My family is here right now at the time of this recording. And, um, they brought my fiance, a bunch of Australian things, one being Vegemite. I haven't had Vegemite in so long. And I forgot, I don't even know whether it's always had, I mean, I guess it's always had gluten and it's made from like beer. Um, and I straight away opened it and took a spoonful of it. Cause I fucking love Vegemite. And then as soon as I swallowed it, I was like, wait, shit, does Vegemite have gluten in it? And it did. So I took a bunch of gut stuff last night and like so much immune things to make sure that I didn't get sick, but I haven't woken up hundred percent this morning. I've got like a little bit of a tickle in the throat. So we're just not being available for that one, but I wanted to give you guys a heads up because I actually am celiac. So I've been gluten-free forever. And I found out this year that I'm celiac. Anyway. Okay. Back to the point. So 
full tangent. Uh, next trait where they, they could be a narcissist. They are never taking responsibility for their actions. Remember, these are the ones that I see as like high waiting. And even if somebody is gaslighting you or manipulating you or taking advantage of you, they might not, not be a narcissist. And these, these traits still unacceptable, still red flags in my opinion. So never taking responsibility for their actions. So they believe that they are above everybody else and they never do anything wrong and will never admit defeat. That would be, for example, someone that is never taking responsibility for their actions. So they constantly feel like they are entitled and they are better than everybody else. So then if they're better than everybody else, why would they ever apologize? Why would they ever take responsibility for their actions? Because they've never done anything wrong in their eyes, right? The next one. In relationships, they will put you on a roller coaster. So they'll love bomb you and make you feel the highest of highs, right? So you will all this dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin pumping through your blood. You'll feel so high. And then they could possibly berate you or tell you X, Y, Z or not talk to you for two weeks. Then they come back. So then they've like fucking ghosted you, right? Then they come back and they want something and they make it out like you've over-dramatized the whole situation or they make excuses so that you re-fall into their trap of the roller coaster that, that you're on with them and they keep doing it. So it's it's this push and pull relationship. You're on a roller coaster. It's like carrying big in Sex in the City, right? One minute he's there, the next minute he's gone. As soon as she wants him, he doesn't want her, etc., etc. Last one, they never do nice things for you. They don't take care of you when you need them. And it's always about them. It's always about how they will look in the eyes of others. So they might not be doing nice things for you, or they'll do something nice, but only because it makes them look good. So they are, they are very selfish. They are not very selfless. So let me just recap. So gaslighting, manipulation, taking advantage of others, never taking responsibility for their actions. They'll put you on a roller coaster if you're in a relationship with them and then they won't really ever do nice things for you. It'll always be how they, how they look, not how it, you know, like not to do something nice for you. Remember, it's not just one of these things. It's multiple of these things consistently that is going to make them an actual narcissist. Now, like I said before, if any of these traits are being exhibited in your relationship and there's a lack of responsibility around them and a lack of change around them, then I would definitely be saying this is you know, something to be looking at because it's not going to warrant a healthy relationship by any means. Now, if you suck at standing up for yourself, you need the Boundaries Masterclass. The Boundaries Masterclass is two parts and it gives you everything that you need to truly stand in your power in a graceful way. Because when you are dealing with somebody that is exhibiting these qualities, whether they are a narcissist or whether it's just a red flag, you need to be able to exhibit in your language, in your body language, in your energy, that this will not be tolerated. So the classes are going to support you in giving you the step-by-steps on exactly how to draw boundaries and then how to, the important piece, live them out. Because boundaries are not just speaking up. That's the easy part of it. It really is. So I want you to know that when you are in a relationship with this kind of person, it can be very hard to see and it can be even harder to get out of it. 
our brain is wired to want dopamine hits and we do forget the traumatic moment. It's a, it's a survival response, right? It's a survival response where it means that we forget the shit moments and we really only remember the good moments. And the reason why this is the case is because in the caveman days, you know, if we nearly got attacked by a saber-toothed tiger, why would we then go out hunting again? We wouldn't. So we have to forget the really traumatic moments because otherwise we'd be, we'd be constantly in a state of fear that we wouldn't be able to live our lives. Okay. The other thing that can happen is that we can remember the, like, like the, the good moments seem bigger than the bad moments. Even if in the actual ratio of things, there's more bad than good, you will often remember more of the good moments than you will the bad moments. Also, because the person can make you seem kind of crazy or wrong all the time, you can start to believe that you're being overly sensitive or dramatic. And so what can happen is that you will start to downplay your own experience as well. You start to believe what it is that they are saying about you. And then this is where you can really start to lower your self-worth, your confidence, your self-expression, your safety in yourself, your trust for yourself. It can all really start to diminish over time. And that's why there sometimes is the case where women will say to me or men will say to me, how is it that I started off this relationship being more confident and now ending this relationship, I feel less confident about myself. Like I used to have so much self-worth, so much self-confidence, and now I have nothing. It's kind of because of these situations sometimes, right? The next thing also that I want to mention to you, and I've talked about this before where we can get really energetically attached to people or to situations. So what can happen is, is when you're constantly outsourcing your sense of self or your sense of validation or your sense of enoughness or your sense of safety really to this narcissist, you can really latch on energetically to them and you latch on in a way where you are wanting them to give you your source of power and enoughness. So over time, you lose this from yourself. You get so addicted to them because of the highs and the lows and the addiction makes you cling to them so that they are the ones giving you the sense of power, the enoughness, the self-worth, the validation, the confidence or lack of. And it can become very, very hard to end the relationship because you are so energetically connected to this person and not in a good way. So what happens is, is that because these relationships are often so hard to end, what you'll, what we find is that often it takes a huge moment in the relationship to realize who this person is and then to end the relationship. So I want to remind you, if you are in this situation, you are not weak. There is nothing wrong with you. You are not a failure. You are not pathetic. You are not, not enough. You are not any of these things. I was actually in a relationship with a narcissist and I will say a through and through one. I'm not just slapping on the label because I really don't agree with it for like two years. And it was just a friendship. It was, well, actually that's a lie. It was like, it was just, it was a fuck ship is what it was. It was, it was so messy and like a friendship, but also there was more there, but whatever. I don't even need to go into the details of it. And I want to say that the reason why I got so looped into it for such a long period of time is my empathy. There was so much trauma on his side. You know, there was a death from one of his parents there when he was younger, an only child. 
and major, major abandonment issues and so much fear of another woman leaving him. So as a result, he ensured that he, so this is, this is where it got really interesting. And I actually, I actually want to use this for examples for you guys. So what happened was, is that, so he was very, he is very insecure. And as a result of him being very insecure, it comes from all of his trauma, et cetera, et cetera. But he also never wanted to, he never wanted to be left again by another woman. He'd have women cheat on him before, et cetera. And then the death of his mom. He never wanted to be left by another woman. He wanted to save women because it was his whole trauma response from his mom dying, right? So what he would be, what he would get himself into situations of, and we literally spoke about this because he asked me, like, why do I keep dating these kind of women? So it was a very weird relationship because we'd had a thing before, but then we just were friends, but there was always something more there and et cetera, et cetera. And let me tell you, there is nothing there now when I realized all of this. So he would be dating all of these very, very insecure women and he would never commit to them. He would never let them, he would never say we're boyfriend and girlfriend. He would never do any of that. He would just string them along. And, you know, he'd be dating these women consistently for a month. And then I'd be like, oh, so your girlfriend. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, not a month, a year or something, or like, you know, eight months. Oh, so your girlfriend. No, no, not my girlfriend. We're just like, you know, we're just kind of dating like, see what happens. I'm like, "Mm, that's your girlfriend. But he never wanted to commit because he never wanted to be heartbroken again. He never wanted to get too close and he'd all, he'd admitted all, a lot of this, right? So what would happen is that what he didn't realize is, and this is where it's like, sometimes the label can be so unhelpful to people because the intention isn't there. Like he's not intending to be a bad person. The gaslighting is the, the, the gaslighting, the manipulation that would come from him, the taking advantage. It was all coming from a deeply, deeply, deeply insecure place. If you saw him just from an outsider perspective, you would not think he's insecure. But as soon as you would get to know him, you would realize he's probably one of the most insecure people that he knows, but it's that you know. But the facade that he puts up is what then gets people sucked in. But then 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 you are on a roller coaster with him is the issue. So what was I saying? So for me, what the breaking point was, was, uh, you know, he would use me. And then as soon as I would need something, he wouldn't be there, et cetera, et cetera. So it was this constant push and pull. And it was, it was the, there was a lot of playing on this connection that we had that was more than friends. And he knew that we had it, we'd spoken about it, but nothing was ever done about it, of course, because of course, when people have, and this is kind of a bit of a tangent, but very helpful. So when people have such an intense, fear of abandonment, they will not want to commit because their fear is what's driving them. Their fear is driving their life. So their fear of being left, their fear of being heartbroken and hurt, et cetera, it is bigger than the desire for love, commitment, relationship, et cetera. And with those people, it doesn't matter how much you convince them, it's up to them. They have to do their own work. They have to come to it in their own time. And like, FYI, I have no interest in this man anymore. I hadn't met my fiance you know, when I was, he'd met this, he met this guy and doesn't like him, et cetera, et cetera. They've met. Um, and it's very obvious my friends that know him, it's all been like a very obvious thing, but there is just want to say this publicly. There is absolutely no desire, no interest there. We are not friends. I have blocked him, et cetera, et cetera. And so what happened for So what, what made me realize, you know, the breaking point was that whenever he needed me, I was there because I would see his pain all the time. But whenever I needed him, 
unless he was getting something out of it and it was making him look good, he wouldn't be there. And so I can't even remember really what the breaking point was. Oh, I know what the breaking point was. I found out a huge lie. Um, and then of course he wouldn't admit to it. He'd beat around the bush. He'd kind of gaslight me about it, et cetera, et cetera. Like I was being the weird one. Like I was being the crazy one, blah, blah, blah. And then when I, oh, that's right. Then when I like phoned him to go and we were, like my fiance and I were organizing to go to London to get a bunch of my stuff that he, that he had from when I was living there and he had taken it out of my storage unit without me asking to be quote unquote helpful, but really it was to have like be more attached to me, right? Like now he has all of my stuff. It wasn't in my storage unit. He'd gone and taken it all out. So therefore I couldn't just ditch him and leave him because he had all my things. So it was this whole kind of, you know, when you look at it, people could be like, this was all planned out. He planned the whole thing. I don't see it like that. I choose to not see it like that. And I really honestly don't see it like that. I see it more from the perspective of this is, this all comes from such an unconscious place. And at that time he was trying to get his visa here, blah, blah, blah. Like there was multiple times where I was like, I don't want to be friends anymore. Like this is just fucking stupid what you're doing, et cetera. You know, like he had a girlfriend, but he wouldn't tell the girlfriend that he was planning on coming to you know, New York. And then he lied to the girlfriend about why he was coming to New York. And the whole thing, I was just like, I don't like this. And so of course, because I was like, "Mm," you know, I guess of course, because the relationship was threatened to put it into a short way of saying this, because the relationship was threatened from his point of view, he wanted more to cling on to. So the manipulation was him having more of my stuff in his possession. So anyway, I phoned him to be like, we're coming to London. like, how can we get this? How can we get my stuff from you? And he'd like given half of it away to his friends and like sold it. And I'm like, what the fuck? And so that in that moment, I ripped him a new one, blocked him. And then all of my friends that were friends with him, they also all were like, oh my God, this is a huge wake up call. We'd been wondering about all these weird behaviors and we couldn't put our finger on it. Now this makes sense. So now he's got no friends. Well, at least none of my friends anyway. So sometimes it does take that rock bottom um, from you. And it's so easy to look back and berate yourself about it of, oh my God, why didn't I, why didn't I say this before, et cetera, et cetera. But what I want to share with you, if you're in this situation is that you have to believe that you weren't meant to see it. There was lessons in there. There was lessons in there for me. Like I learned so much in that time. And I also want to say that I had good memories with him as fucked as up as that sounds. Like, I'm not going to say that I didn't, or I'm not going to say those memories were fake. They weren't. I had good memories with him and, you know, we got to go skiing together. He was a good skier, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, would I do it again? No, but you have to remember that two years ago or however long this relationship happened that you were in, you're not in the place that you were in now. And there are lessons and things that you have gotten out of that time with him that is that you will be grateful for in a year's time or in three years time, or, you know, you are going to ensure that you don't get fucked over by anybody else again. Maybe this was the wake up call that you needed to actually look at your own stuff or whatever it was. So nothing is wrong with you. You are not weak. It's so easy to not realize when you're on these addictive roller coasters until towards the end. It really is. So what was I going to say? I wanted to say that often the hardest thing to heal from is the anger and shame that we hold towards ourselves. We often go straight towards the healing from the other person. So we want to heal from the other person that hurt us. But what about yourself? 
What about healing towards yourself? What are you holding on to towards yourself? If you haven't heard, we're doing a giveaway for all of you incredible listeners that leave reviews on the podcast. So all you need to do is write a review on Apple Podcasts on your phone or computer, screenshot it and send it to support at monarchyatehealth.com. And I will send you a special meditation that is only available this way. So you cannot buy this meditation off my website or get it any other way. And the meditation is really going to support you in coming back to yourself and stop any leaking energy in its tracks. So quickly scroll to the bottom of my podcast page where you can see the list of all the previous episodes on your Apple podcast app or on your desktop and click write a review, take a screenshot and send it to us so we can send you that meditation as a little thank you. And another little like tip, a piece of advice is talking to your friends can really help because sometimes your brain kind of needs to be revalidated that you did the right thing and that other people saw these signs, that you're not crazy, et cetera, et cetera. So talking to your friends, reaching out for support, doing these things is the best thing for you to do and for you to get your power, your self-trust, your confidence, your boundaries, all of those things back. You need to get those things back. Otherwise, if you don't get them back and get them back quickly, you will constantly be worried about replaying history. You'll constantly be worried about, you know, men doing this to you again. And it will really, it will really affect your relationship with men or your relationship with women, depending who is a narcissist. Because don't forget, you can also have friends as narcissists, like ladies and gentlemen, let's not forget that you can have girlfriends or guy friends that will only text you when they want something, or they'll only go out for coffee with you when they know that they're going to get some, you know, business exposure with you, or they're only going, like, you know what I mean? There are these people out there. And of course, in conjunction with other things. And you know what, even if that's just, even if all they're doing is they're constantly, you know, their trait, their bad trait or whatever is their red flag is they only reach out to you when they want something. To me, if they're doing that enough, that could still be a reason not to call them a narcissist, but it could be a reason to disengage from the relationship. That doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you someone that's protecting your energy. And like, it is a new fucking year. And this is the year where we are not engaging in half-assed relationships. So maybe that's a little nugget that you need, even for girlfriends or for guy friends that are constantly using you or you just don't feel like it's a genuine, authentic relationship then stop having a relationship with them. Seriously. It's even so interesting for me to watch the friends that all of a sudden, you know, come out of the waters a bit more or, you know, are buying gifts for your birthday or whatever it is, because all of a sudden you're engaged, like be wary of those things because they want an invite to the wedding because maybe they know you're going to have a fabulous wedding or whatever it is. And they want an invite to the wedding. Be careful of those things. Like I'm, I'm kind of cutthroat in that, in those situations, but I've had to learn that. I really have had to learn that because I, I wasn't aware of this for quite a while. I had too much empathy and too much softness towards other people. I saw too much goodness in other people for a very long time. And it resulted me, it, and it resulted in me getting fucked over quite a few times. I've been fucked over in business. I've been fucked over by contractors because they are like through and through narcissists. And don't forget that unfortunately there are people that are, you know, in the online world doing what you would think is good things. Don't assume that they're not narcissists. 
seriously don't. I know one and probably none of you would really know one, but met him like quite a while ago and he's in the online space and all like, you know, and he actually just was on like a really big podcast, which just like made my blood boil. And I had a experience with him, nothing sexual or anything. I had an experience with him. Um, and like words, I can't even put into words how flabbergasted I was by the gaslighting, the manipulation, the lack of responsibility, the unprofessionalism, the lack of integrity, the, you know, literally I I remember one time I texted him about something that he'd mentioned that I need to, you know, organize for this work for like the thing that we were doing together. And he was like, no, I never said that. And I'm like, literally, yes, you did like scroll up. And he's like, no, you're reading it wrong. And he like fully gaslit me. And I was like, I remember standing in my kitchen being like, this is kind of weird. Like what is going on? And you know, sometimes you have to have a million things thrown in your face at once. You'd be like, okay, this is fucked. So I just want to remember, like, I just want you to remind you guys that there are people out there in the world that do take advantage of others. I don't think that most people do it consciously. Most people, it's from an unconscious place. And when you understand them, you're like, okay, there is a lot of trauma behind this. And just because somebody seems to be good or just because somebody, you know, I don't know, like seems to be well-known, let's say, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are good at their job. Don't fall into the trap of, like you then going into the trap of like, well, I'll get something from this person. I just have to suck it up. I know this this relationship seems really weird, unprofessional, or I know this relationship seems like it's a lack of integrity, but imagine all these opportunities that I'm going to get from them. No, think about the energy in that. Think about the lack of integrity that you're then embodying. Think about how you're then just in it for the exposure rather than from this heart space. People can feel that. People can see through that. People these days, they want authenticity. They care less about fame and the publicity and they care more about the authenticity and the genuineness and the integrity. People are waking up to the bullshit online and to the fake information and to the fakeness, that's not even a word, and just to the the fraud and the fakeness. So like drop into your authenticity. Do not lose that part of yourself because that part of yourself is the most magnetic and radiant part of yourself. Okay. So on this note, if you've been in these situations and you feel like you've kind of lost yourself, you've lost trust in yourself, you have lost your confidence, you cannot open your heart and trust others, let alone yourself. I urge you to grab one of the final spaces to my Australia event so that you can be done with keeping yourself in this trap. Like enough is enough. I know there are so many of you that have put up with shit or you have been, you know, putting yourself on the back burner and you're healing on the back burner for months, if not years. And there are plenty of you that live in Australia, New Zealand, Bali, like close by areas, or you've never been to Australia and you can make a holiday out of it. Come to Australia. I will not be doing another event in Australia. So please, 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 well, at least not anytime soon, maybe in like 10 years, never know. Please book that ticket because you will be thanking yourself. I guarantee it. So when it comes to someone growing up to be quite narcissist, 
like I've said, it's due to their childhood and what trauma they've dealt with. Whilst it doesn't excuse their behavior, for me, it does help me to feel better about it because I can bring that compassion and empathy towards them rather than just hate. Hate is such a heavy energy to be walking around with. So coming from a different angle can be really helpful in changing the experience for you. So some of some ideas of what this child could have dealt with that's then caused them to grow up to be quite narcissistic is not feeling loved, constantly being told they're not enough, never feeling safe. And now they only feel safe if they're the center of attention, a very chaotic upbringing with lots of ups and downs, um, them not giving, getting their emotional needs met by their parents or not getting emotional regulation by their parents, a lack of attention, overparenting, and never being left alone by a parent. So very excessive smothering, never getting emotionally grounded or regulated by parents, witnessing abuse or receiving abuse and kind of to the other extreme being put on a pedestal by parents and seen as more special than other children. Something that I forgot to mention, and maybe I kind of did when I was just talking also that we can add to the list of red flags is a lack of emotional regulation. So they are constantly blowing their lid. They cannot emotionally regulate themselves. They are very, very high strung. If you do one wrong thing, they're going to lash out and be yelling at you. Red flag. So let's remember to like wrap up this episode. Most narcissists are in so much pain and insecurity that they they never want to admit defeat. They never want to be seen as failure. So hence they behave in such horrible ways. So many people I'm noticing as a result of all of this and as a result of, you know, on TikTok and Instagram, it's like, oh, red flag, red flag, red flag. And I'm like, guys, this is lacking context. I am noticing more and more young people these days and middle-aged people being scared of dating a narcissist or someone that gaslights them or whatever. And so when they see one red flag, they run the other direction and they leave them. The blend of the perf, like this is this blend of like fear of dating and being fucked with. And there's a lot of fear because there's like an overwhelming amount of information with a lack of context and combine that with the perf- the perfectionistic culture that we now live in, it is becoming very detrimental to our experience. And there was a stat that I found the other day, actually, about 34% of Americans say that the number one reason of their level of stress is relationships and dating. 34%. That is a lot of people. So there is a third of you listening that are like, yeah, stress from relationships and dating is one of my number one things in my life right now. That is cause for, okay, let's fix this shit. I don't want you guys to be having that amount of stress because you don't need to. We're not learned this stuff in school. We're not learned how to communicate in relationships, how to communicate through intimacy, how to have hard conversations, et cetera, et cetera. We're not taught those kind of things. <clears throat> so if any of you are in these situations where you are not trusting yourself, you are feeling like, is he the one? Is he not the one? You know, you see the potential in him, but the potential isn't right in front of you. You are, you know, you're wondering when it's the right time to have sex. Should I be the one to ask him out? How do I get guys to ask me out in real life? What are the red flags? What are the green flags? How do I avoid narcissists? Like all these kind of things. How do I have the hard conversations? You need to join embodiment of dating. Number two, 
You will not regret it. It's fucking going to be the best thing in the world. We have three live modules. There are like 10 other pre-recorded modules that you get access to. And there is Q&A throughout that three-month period as well. So it is not to be missed. Enrollment closes on January 31st, and I do not know when it will be opening up again. So please, please, please make sure that you have claimed your space. There is a great payment plan option, and there is a painful investing in your relationships is investing in life. It's investing in yourself because our life is made up of relationships and the happiness of your life is based on the quality of your relationships. So let's make 2023 the year where there is no more shit shows in our relationships, in both platonic relationships and romantic relationships. If you guys have any questions about any of my programs, about coming to Australia, about whatever it is that you need about Queen Alchemy, I've got you. Just email support at monarchyatesehealth.com and myself or one of my team members will get back to you as soon as we can. We are here to answer absolutely any questions. Also with the Australia event, the payment plan will be ending soon. So if you need that payment plan, please make sure that you, uh, that you jump on it before it closes. I hope that you will have a lovely rest of your day. Oh, and do not forget that if you haven't left a review on the podcast, make sure that you leave a review, take a screenshot, send it to us, and then we will send you that complimentary meditation that is not found anywhere on my website. And trust me when I say you want to get it.